Hey there, Doug. Hey there, Karen. Here we are. We're back on the block, as we promised. Are and we are season blur 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 episode six. 16, six, thank you. Episode sixteen, Kyle of the Desert. Yeah, so we are kicking up a new storyline, and it is already dust. This was so boring. I mean, that's not even the worst adjective you can give it, but it is that. Yeah, I mean, this whole episode was a snooze. Yeah. And there's several, like, competing stupid storylines going on now. Yeah. It's really hard for me to drum up enthusiasm as I talk about it. But maybe I'll have maybe I'll get so worked up out of anger that that the passion will come through. But I'm just like it's it's I just so like lazy and wrongheaded yeah. each each of these stories. So it seems like <laughs> one storyline potentially wrapped up, although I'm yeah, not I quite so. sure. Um so one storyline wrapped up, one it looks like we're, we got a new storyline for Kyle. Um, but other than that, it just kind of, and even those are, 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 are very, very stupid. Yeah. And you haven't even mentioned the stupidest one, which is Michael. Oh, that one is terrible. So yeah, that one is absolutely terrible. Yeah. And that's the other thing that's kind of making me crazy about this season is like, we all know Melrose Place had a lot of insta love, but it seems like this season sort of takes the insta love cake. Yeah, um, between Peter Sabrina. and Lexi, and they're in love, and then Coop and and Megan. I mean, they're. I mean, I guess they kind of tried to put a little distance between it, but it's sort of they're pretty much you know instilla. Like there just has been a little bit too much of that going on too. Yeah, I mean they're like, like we've had insta love before, but maybe the chemistry or just the actors in general made up for it. A little bit, and th- that also is lacking here. So, yeah. so I mean, there's nothing I'm, organic. Yes, and I'm good with insta love every once in a while. Like I believe in it. I it happened to me. Like I think it is definitely a thing. I'm fine with it once in a while. But it, when it becomes every single plot point, there's a there's a sort of like cupid cupid bow strike. Then I start to get really frustrated because yeah, now it's just lazy. Now they don't want to yes. do the work. Yeah, to, that's to exactly like together. like we don't need episodes and episodes and episodes of build up when it's inevitable. But maybe a little bit of time, maybe a little bit of breathing room, a little bit of flirtation. Yeah, a yeah. little bit of like knowing it's coming and wanting it before it's just shoved at us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you know, we go back to this again. Like, I think what they did between Amanda and Kyle was so good. Yeah, gold standard. Like, that was fantastic, and that was fun to watch. And we had that sort of slow burn, and we were rooting for them and waiting for it to happen so that when it did happen, it was like we were cheering, and they're not giving that to us again. They're not giving that. And I'm so frustrated because I, I like that, and that's what I wanted. I didn't want any more insta-love. Coop and Megan, okay, fine. I can see that. But, you know, now, but now we're doing it again with Michael and it just is not working. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Yeah. Um, so let's go with Billy and Sam because yeah, we had very little of them. And yeah. Jennifer. We had very little of them and that's always a good thing. Yes. So sort of out of nowhere, Sam and Billy are having a petty fight. Um, they're like getting on each other's nerves and I guess it's because they live together and work together and Billy essentially like snaps at Sam and and so she like steps out, um, for some fresh air to calm down and Jennifer's sitting at the pool. Um, now we don't see Craig at all in this episode, if I remember, right? Jennifer's still pouting about the Craig situation based on last episode where he was a supreme jerk. Uh, and Jennifer's like, you know, whatever you think, whatever your problem with Billy is, uh, you don't know how lucky you have it. Billy is a keeper, and you guys should make up. And that's basically it. That's all we have. So here's my question. Because they dropped that little nugget with, um, with Jennifer, and, you know, and it seemed to sort of come out of nowhere except to sort of say, she's sad. 
does this mean that she is now going to be like Sam's rival and she's going to make a play for Billy? Or is this just, we have time we need to fill and we need to use these actors. So we'll just do this. I think it's more that. Okay. I think it's more, um, we want to just put a little bullet point in there about we're not done like with, with, this Jennifer Craig thing, but we don't have anything else to do, so let's just make everyone show up for one day to earn their weekly salary, and there you are. Okay, and so even Except David Chavez doesn't get his. I don't know. He, yeah, he didn't get his. He, I guess he got. He got. He got his. He got his. Uh, you know, it's possible off. that there was a scene that was filmed and cut. It's possible that yeah. there was a scene of like Sam and Billy at the office that preceded the the scene we see of them fighting in the apartment that was cut. Um, but yeah, this is yeah. all that made the final episode. Okay. And yeah, and it just kind of like made no sense. And so I was wondering, are we going to get more? Is this, is the, is the Sam and Billy fighting thing? Is that significant? I like, it was, I have no idea. No, I will say, I do think there's more Sam and Billy trouble in paradise ahead. Okay. God. I don't think, I don't think it, I don't know how long it takes for that to surface. Okay. I'd love for them to just sit and shut up for a while. Like I said, when they got married, um, they don't have to have a new storyline every time. They can just be in the building. Yeah. But. Because they do live there. Because, because they can just interact with characters by sheer virtue of the fact that they live next to all of yeah. them. Yeah. Which um, is what we did we get a little need of with to give Megan. Them something. We did yeah, get a little yeah, bit of that with yeah. Megan when she came down with the coffee to go to right. Coop's apartment we'll see, and she yeah. said hi to uh, Taylor who was swimming in the pool. And I think she said hi to Kyle. Like, And so you saw that interaction and that was kind of fun. And you could just do that. Like you can do that with Billy and Sam or you can have them become part of Amanda's storyline because obviously she's not going to go to work quite yet so like they could be like visiting her in the office like there are th- in, the, in the hospital like there are still things that they can do that doesn't have to be about their relationship because i'm so That's sick right. of their dramas yeah i need a break i need a break from billy and sam yeah i hope we get more episodes like this for a bit where oh, well for so- them yeah but for the rest no anyway. no 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 yeah um so i think maybe we can actually do peter and lexi stuff next yeah, this whole thing was weird, too. Well, it's weird, and as we near the end of our summary, I'll tell you why I call bullshit on it, but um, but we do have one brief scene with Amanda that's, like, sort of relevant to this storyline versus Amanda and Kyle, uh, and Peter is with her in the hospital, and unlike last episode, where she was kind of, like, calm and accepting of the fact that she's potentially paralyzed for life, um, she's getting impatient and and stubborn uh, with Peter's optimism, but her swelling isn't going down. So Peter is giving Amanda a pep talk, and while he's in her room, Bob, our our survivor, <laughs> comes right in. So I just love they gave him the name. Like they gave him the most generic name possible. I know, and it wasn't it wasn't like his memory loss name. It was like no, now that he knows who he is. That is his name. That is who he is. It could yeah. have been like, oh, and now I remember who I am and I'm Steven or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's just Bob. He's yeah. really Bob. And he is a Bob. As, as Bob as Bob. it gets. Um, so Peter sees Bob come in, immediately walks Bob out, not yet knowing what, Pe- what Bob is about to tell him, which is that his entire memory has come back. Um, and he's figured out that Lexi is the one who was driving and hit him. Um, and even though her car was a different color, he went and keyed her car to prove that it was actually red underneath the silver paint job that Peter ran out and did. Um, so he blackmails Peter because he wants Lexi to himself. And I guess really sees enough clues that she would go for him that he thinks this could really work. <sighs> so um, so yeah. we come back from our first commercial. We open on the Marina house and uh, Bob is basically like preying on Lexi's jealousy with Peter, where where it really looks Amanda, like yeah yeah where it looks like Peter's spent, old feelings for Amanda are yeah. like why he's so devoted to her now that she's in the hospital and it's really getting to Lexi and she's like I've already been with one guy who fell in love for a, a patient it's enough and Peter stomps off he goes this is a waste of time I'm gonna shower and go back to the hospital and Bob sees all of this as like his big opening um. And Bob and Lexi at some point go to the hospital. 
like Bubba's always by her side. And they yes. they come in and Peter has this candlelight dinner set up for Amanda. And he's like, well, <laughs> she was going to go in for a procedure, but they canceled. So I figured we should have this romantic dinner, you know, and I think that's when he says to Lexi that I'm sorry, but I never stopped loving Amanda. Yes. Um, and they walk out and she tells Bob that she is all his. Um, uh, and there's a quick, part of this scene where like Coop and Michael walk by and notice and and that sort of segues into Coop prying into to Michael's personal life which we'll get into that atrocity in a second um and and so then later at the house Bob is talking to Lexi and she and, and she confesses um she's like you have to like it looks like before they like give in to the romance she's like but i have to tell you something and she confesses that that, uh, that she's the driver and he's like i don't even care and then they work out this plan where like to assuage her guilt the only right thing for her to do is that she's going to turn herself in and she's like and if you come forward and lie and say that it wasn't a hit and run and that you're not going to press charges then we'll all be set and we can start off our, our new chapter of our life together and they get in the car and we watch and she drives the two of them off to the the police station um and then later they come home and bob is happy to start their lives over and and it really looks like lexi is is ready to move on with Bob because she and Peter just haven't been able to work things out and that's that. But wait, Peter comes out of the kitchen with a bottle of champagne. Um, twist, Peter and Lexi played him. Uh, they, they surreptitiously once Bob emerged with the blackmail, um, Peter told Lexi and they worked out this plan to like make it look like their relationship was now a shambles. And that Lexi was going to leave Peter and go off with Bob just so Bob could go to the police. Because Bob was like, well, I'm just going to go back to the police and change my statement. And they're like, who's going to believe you now? You're just going to look like a liar. You've already given your statement. She's already scot-free. Like, she, she, there's nothing left that she needs to do. And you're a liar. But Peter gives him $2,000 for his troubles. Yeah. And poor Bob is like, but I loved you. And um, it's like, Bob, you were outplayed. What what can I say? <laughs> yeah. You're a completely uninteresting, uncharismatic character. Like you served no purpose other than to keep your our main characters occupied with an unnecessary side storyline. So goodbye. Uh, <laughs> and after he leaves, um, they each kind of say that the other was very convincing with like playing their parts. Uh, and, and Peter and Lexi embrace, but there is sort of a look in Lexi's eye. Like she's not so sure there mm-hmm. may have not been two or three or 400 kernels of truth to some of what Peter was delivering about Amanda. Agreed. Um, so before we get to their final scene, which kind of just leads us into, I think the next episode, um, you just have to be consistent on these shows. If I'm watching these characters, I have to think that what I'm seeing is the real thing. Like when they walk into a room and say, I think blah, 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 they're not fooling me. They're not lying to me as the viewer. They're not putting a front up for me. So this whole thing that Peter and Lexi were plotting together in scenes that we didn't see is kind of BS. And ultimately, like, it's a it's a good payoff in that the stupid storyline is over, but it's not really a payoff beyond that. It's like, okay, now you got this guy out of your hair. Okay, fine. Right, right, right. So, um... I mean, I would have liked it better if, if Bob just really did stalk. Like, just was, like, creepy and stalky. And... Yeah, if they escalated it and really yeah. made Bob... A bad, a bad guy. I've made him a true adversary. There's no point, and this is the my same problem with Connie. There's no point in bringing in one of these like short-term players if they're not going to change the landscape of where we are. Right. So we'll get to Nick in the Taylor Kyle storyline because he's back. Um, but like, at least he served a purpose when he came on last year because he furthered the Taylor Kyle breakup right um uh for better or worse when jeffrey nordling came on as eric baines at least he did significant damage to the kyle amanda 
relationship. Right. Whether we liked it or not. At least there served a purpose. It wasn't like the episode after they were gone, we were back to square one. Right. Which Whereas is where we are. The Lexi Peter thing, we're still at square one. Yeah. Billy exactly. and Sam, whatever they were arguing about, had nothing to do with Connie. Like right. they these people added nothing. Right. Um so so there's one more scene. Maybe and we think maybe we're not done with Bob. Peter and Lexi mm. are in bed and they hear some knocking at the door down below. So Peter goes downstairs to try and, and send Peter excuse me, Bob on his way for good. And it's a strange old man, one we've never met. Um and it turns <laughs> out it's actually Lexi's dad, who she hasn't even spoken to in a month, I think on her, not on his part. Um, also with a southern drawl. Uh very, very um not just attractive, because Chad Everett is an attractive actor, but um, like very well put together. Right. Um, and he comes in and the second... Clearly and, moneyed. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think we knew Lexi already came from, but yeah. we see it in him. Yeah. Uh, Lexi goes to make her daddy some coffee, and then uh, uh, the, her father is basically like, I don't like you, and I'm never going to like you to Peter, which is where we leave it. And he says, yeah. "My he's like my instincts are never wrong. My first impression is never wrong. Yeah, and I'm not going to disagree because yeah. even though the show has forgotten all about what Peter did to Taylor and how terrible Peter was to Amanda, and 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 the show has forgotten that Peter was married to Beth, I haven't. So I'm here for anyone who's kind of going to give Peter the business. Okay, and Peter is going to get the business. We hope." Oh, where so, do yeah, you go now? One storyline that is revolved. Yeah. Uh, that excuse me, that is resolved. So now we um, don't see Bob again. He's not gonna show up as psycho stalker like Bob is done. I think we're done. All right, Bob took us two thousand dollars. I don't I don't fully trust my memory, but I think we're done. Yeah, it seemed it seemed done because especially when he was closer. like, but I loved you. Yeah, I mean, you, there's really nothing left after that whole gotcha resolution. Yeah, the, we were playing you all, all the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So okay, moving on. Where where are we going next? Well, honestly, I think we should do the Kyle and Amanda stuff, if only because the episode closes ridiculous as it is on Michael's storyline. Okay, great. Um, so, that makes sense. So yeah, okay. Oh, God, I hated this one. This is terrible. And I think this, what they're introducing here, is dragged out for quite a bit of the remainder of the season. I remember, I don't remember all the specifics, but I feel like it really takes a while and is, like, kind of terrible throughout. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe 25 years later, I will look back on this differently. But I remember being like, this storyline sucks every week in 1998. Yeah, I mean, and it it just, it just, I just kind of like, ugh, when I saw what they were doing. So, um, Kyle is sleeping at the hospital in a chair by Amanda's bedside, not leaving her bed. But now he's going, now we've got Kyle going and we've got a dream, another dream sequence. A dream. The flashback dream sequence, dream. Flashback dream. And he is back at um, Desert Storm. Because yeah. remember, he was a Marine in Desert Storm. In the right, right. In the Gulf War, it was him and it was Nick. And apparently... There was a third integral part of their tribe. Right. Um, and so her name is Christine. And we see at some point during their time in the Gulf, she blew up when driving over a landmine. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not laughing at that because that's terrible. Um, I'm laughing at the fact that these flashback dreams are inundated with like the saddest bugle music. Yeah, like, like it wasn't enough that like we didn't already get that this is a military themed storyline, but now we basically almost have taps playing yeah. in the background. <laughs> like, yeah, I know that almost... was like that was a giant cheese ball, right? Like, it totally was a giant cheese ball. I know it's it's going back almost thirty years, and you probably won't remember, but. In the movie A League of Their Own, there's this very effective scene where one of the players, the women's, finds out that her husband has died in the war. And immediately after the scene, as it sort of transitions into the next one, the score integrates some like bugle taps like music. It's very elegiac, but in that case, it's appropriate because this is a real earned tragic moment. And it's just kind of like abusing that for this story. Yeah. <laughs> like Melrose doesn't have to go to Desert Storm. <laughs> no, but it's clear Christine is somebody 
to it was Kyle. Kyle. It was important to Kyle. And when he and and I guess he's he's calling out her name in his sleep. It wakes up poor Amanda, um, who who then wakes him up because from his dream, and and says, "You were dreaming. Who's Christine?" And Kyle's like, "I have no idea." Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. Oh, okay. So yeah, so so Christine, whoever she is, died in the war. Well, yes, but what happens is we have another flashback dream, I guess nightmare sequence, when Kyle's in his apartment. He's not in the hospital, and he wakes up again, all like sweaty and crying. And it's in that dream that Nick tells him that later on, Christine. Oh yeah, she didn't die. She succumbed to right. all of the injuries from right. from that terrible landmine. Right. So then. Kyle like marches downstairs and Taylor who I guess just is nocturnal just 24 hours a day stands by her window waiting for Kyle to because <laughs> figure this is like three in the morning right and she's just walking around in her nightie and she sees Kyle and he walks and this is the craziest part he walks down to the laundry room um where he has this lock box there he has a and foot locker like, yeah like, okay, I get that maybe you didn't move your stuff, especially anything that has emotional resonance, into Amanda's apartment when you were basically living there. But I don't know why that couldn't have been in your apartment. So that basically says, when you and Taylor first moved and you moved all this stuff with you cross-country, you, you just put, put a lockbox yeah. in the laundry room, which, as we remember from the Kimberly Sydney years, is pretty open season for anyone. Well, um, I have to say, like, the thing that made me laugh was I was like, I wonder how much Amanda is charging them for storage. That's <laughs> all I could think that, of. Are we calling that storage? That's the, all I could think just of. Just shoving it right under the stairs? Yeah, and you know she's charging for that. She she is a shrewd businesswoman. I was going to say, that's good business sense. Yes, and that's exactly exactly what she would do and she's probably you know i mean and it's his fault for not saying hey maybe we should put some like chicken wire around this in a lock because she would do it if she would if she was asked but he never asked and so she why is she going to pay for it that's all i could think about was how much extra is amanda charging these people to store their shit under the stairs i don't know but she can't be making that much money because it's truly only kyle's lockbox oh i thought that there was like a basket under there too oh was there oh i thought it was literally just the one thing because he like moved a couple things to get to his lockbox. Oh, okay. So yeah, for those three boxes, I guess she really should be charging. I think she should. I'm sure she is. Amanda wouldn't not charge. Anyway, the lockbox is in the laundry room. Like what? But anyway, yeah. Right, and and so he opens it, and that's when we see that there's a photo of it's it's Kyle, Nick, and Christine, and it says the three musketeers. Yeah. So um, here's the thing. We don't know. We still don't know if there if there was a thing between them, between Kyle and Christine, or if she just like it, it was one of those sort of like your comrades that you go to war with. You know what I mean? Right. Like that sort of relationship, like you become that, the band of brothers. Right. Um, so I like that's the, I was kind of like, I mean, I think that they're sort of drawing out a actual physical relation like a, a love relationship between Kyle and Christine but I'm not entirely I'm not a hundred percent sold on it also not, because we've never heard of her not a hundred percent sold that that's what it was or that that you believe it both oh okay well they have no they they're like tiptoeing around it and hinting at it in this episode um but I think we learn more about her like probably next week Right. But, you know, again, I, I mean, I think that they're going to push us in that sort of like, you know, Peter and Beth direction where I we have this so. dead, the the ghost of the dead love, right? That Amanda is going to have to deal right. with again. And well, right? and what we're, and I think if that's true, what we're going to find out is um, that he has this big, deep, dark, painful secret that he didn't tell either Taylor or Amanda. Which I'm struggling. Or presumably with. Jennifer. Yeah, which I'm sort of struggling with the truth of all that. Right. Well, because, truth is relative based on what season Right. I mean, at the very least, because, okay, we'll get to Taylor in a minute. Mm -hmm. But I, but just to sort of, like, speak out of turn for a minute. When Taylor is, when someone, when the name Christina is mentioned to Taylor, she's like, I don't know who that is. Like, right. wouldn't you just say, oh, He's thinking about Christina. Like, wouldn't that be more interesting for her to know and just yeah, be definitely. like, oh, wait till you find this oh, out, Amanda. Oh, yeah, like, wouldn't that be yeah, more we'll, interesting? we'll probably unpack that a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. As opposed to who the fuck is Christine? I don't know who this Christine is. Yeah, what? I don't need you to squeeze in scenes of Taylor playing Nancy Drew when this could just be something Taylor knew didn't hold on to, didn't need to remember but for whatever reason. 
yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like it's she's she knows about it. She's they were married, you know, presumably and for presumably, a while. And presumably, it was a good, honest marriage for at least some portion of time. Right. Um, like I have to. Well, I choose to believe that Taylor wasn't always a hundred percent awful. That she probably wasn't really bad until the show started. And they needed her to be a vixen. Um, but that there's like some that she served some purpose as a good wife uh, to Kyle back in like the early nineties. Yeah. They went to Atlantic city and the money. That's right. For the restaurant. They had to make balloon payments on both coasts. Yeah. (laughs) That's what she was good at. Okay. So that's, that's, that's our introduction to Christine. Meanwhile, Taylor does. So, so Kyle leaves, but Taylor then tiptoes down to the lockbox and and then she takes out the photos and that's when we see a bit more of what Kyle was looking at. Yeah. But but I I do want to say like before she did that I think that that's when um at one point she goes to the hospital to see Amanda before that the, comes, before that comes the lockbox. Next. No, I thought I think it happened. Next. Oh, I thought it happened because No, she comes to Amanda after this scene because it's only after she sees Kyle at Melrose that she is able to like dig her claws into this new storyline and be like, I have something new to tease Amanda about. Yeah, Kyle but with. I thought that she saw her before because that's when she, she, because Amanda says to her, well, do you know who Christine is? And Taylor's like, I don't know who Christine is. Um, and that's why I she goes think... down to look at look at Christine. Like, that's oh, why she goes maybe, down. Maybe you're right then. Okay. Yeah. Either way, that like, makes sense storyline wise. Yeah. Doesn't mean they did the right thing. But if it's a recon on your if it's a rewrite on your part, it's an improvement. Um, but if that's what really happened, then good on you for remembering it better than No, me. no, that's what really happened. So like after Kyle goes down and looks at and goes down into the into the basement and she does she actually doesn't follow him at that point. But then the next day she goes to visit Amanda and just to basically like confess that she's worried about Kyle because of him being outside that more or, or whatever. And then well, and she's then, like, he isn't sleeping. He isn't yeah, it was something he was up in the middle. Yeah. And then Amanda is like, well, he has been having dreams about the war. And then, and then Amanda's like, and, and Taylor's like, Oh, he had those. I thought that the, Oh I yeah, he had, he used to have those. And that's when Amanda's like, well, what about Christine? Who's Christine? And she and Taylor's. You're like, absolutely, no. yeah. You're absolutely right. I wrote down Taylor tiptoes down, and I I mistook that as being like that's when she goes all the way down and looks at the the photos. No, you're absolutely right. There's more bugle music, and that's when Taylor goes to see the photos in the laundry room after Amanda essentially kicks her out of her hospital room. Right. But 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 that's what plants the seed in Taylor's mind about Christine. Nope, you're right. Yeah, and then she goes down and she checks and she finds the photos and she's like, who is this Christine? And of course, that brings up da-da-da, Nick. Right. Um, and so then there's that scene you mentioned, Taylor's swimming in the pool. Um, and that's when Megan is like coming down to Coops and brings down the coffees and there's like a quick hello yeah. between like Taylor and Kyle and Megan and uh Taylor sees Kyle coming out. Again, I'm assuming she's just been swimming all day waiting to catch Kyle coming out of the apartment um, so that she can start talking. And she mentions Nick. Um, We find out that Nick, since Kyle essentially banished him from LA last year, is currently in Dallas. Um, And, you know, Taylor's like, I need some help. Mateo isn't being able to pull his weight or whatever at the restaurant so maybe nick could come back and kyle's like over my dead body um meanwhile we go back to amanda who we find out is checking herself out of her rehab facility um she tells peter and tells them to keep silent but she's doing it like to spare kyle she's like i don't want my condition to ruin his life or drag him down. And I just want to be like, have you seen Kyle's life? Like, it's shit all around. Girl, you're fine. Like, you're not the dead weight here. You're not the problem. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, and this is a half-assed storyline because the idea that like Amanda could be going through something emotional and want to do something sacrificial, that she's very depressed, like you could dig into this more. Um, but I understand that they're really doing this whole storyline to make it as easy on Heather Lockett, I think, in filming either towards the end of or right after her pregnancy. So okay. I'm like, okay, fine. That's why I'm like, I'm not really going to. Yeah, I mean, like, was she, did she end up, like, on bed rest or something with her pregnancy? And they were just like, well, we'll just paralyze you. So, well, you know, you're it's, in bed. It's totally possible that's what happened. Yeah. Um, um, but then, on top of all the other stuff he has going on, Peter is also able to drive on over to Melrose. And he breaks confidentiality and does tell Kyle that Amanda's leaving. Um, and did Kyle they, goes yeah. right, right tell, to Amanda. I'm sorry, did we mention that she's, she, she is going to a rehab facility in Salt Lake? Oh, I don't think I said where. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like she's, she's literally going to leave LA. Yeah. Yeah. She wants to leave LA to do the rehab. I don't know if that means leave LA forever, but yeah, she's she is going to leave. Yeah. I think it is said with the purpose of like picking up and moving on. Because if she were going to come back at some point, that's a less dramatic way of like, I'm leaving you, Kyle, forever. But I don't know. They, again, they don't. I suppose so. Yeah, that's well. true. Anyway, whatever. The idea is that she's doing it and doing it on her own and that Kyle, it's like to spare Kyle suffering. Yeah. Um, which, like, Kyle deserves to suffer after the way he's treated you for the last four months, but who am I to judge? But, um, so Kyle shows up, literally the elevator door is open in Wilshire Memorial, right, as uh, Amanda is, is there. And um, she's like, he's like, no, you can't leave. And she goes, if I stay, I'll drag you down. So then he professes his love, and then he proposes, and she accepts. And it's like, who cares? Well, I mean, and it's really kind of crazy, because it's like five minutes before you were, like, running out of town because you didn't want to ruin his life, and now you're going to marry the guy. Well, okay. Like, it, like whiplash right there. But anyway, um, word does get back to Taylor, however. Yep. So that... Taylor, Taylor shows up to, in Amanda's room again. Um, and like the first thing she says is exactly what she held on to last week, which is about her and Kyle sleeping together again in Vegas. Yeah. And Amanda's like, like, yeah, I already knew Kyle and I told each other everything that we did. We were broken up. I don't care. He told me I forgave him. So Taylor's like wind out of her sails. Um, but here's the difference, right? Lexi and Peter hid everything from the audience. Taylor in one episode is like, Kyle, I slept with you and I'm going to tell Amanda and you're never going to be able to get back together with her. And the next episode, she does. Like, there's no substitute. There's no distance between her and the viewer there. She said she was going to do it and she did it. <laughs> oh, did she? Yes. Oh, boy, did she. So no payoff. And again, Taylor storms out. And so on her way out, uh, or just down the hall, she takes out a payphone, or goes to the payphone and calls Nick. Um, we see him answering in his sort of like rundown motel room. Yeah, knocking beer bottles. knocking over a bottle place. of beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and she asks about, she asks who Christine was, and he essentially hangs up on her. Yeah. Uh, and then she has this mischievous smile on her face. So the next plot is already in motion mere seconds after the last ploy failed um so back to your point yes it would make so much more sense if this thing that kyle had dealt with six or seven years earlier taylor knew all about it would make so much more sense if the second amanda said something you know like taylor knew exactly what she was talking about Mm -hmm. it would be even nicer if we saw that maybe there was a smidgen of actual concern in Taylor's reaction because the whole thing with Taylor and Kyle it's all territorial like I don't get the sense that either of them loves each other and wants to be back with the other as much as they just have these physical needs that like magnetize them to each other when Mm -hmm. Amanda is yelling at one of them or somehow hurting him or something like that right and and you know it's it's funny because we could I mean because if if she showed concern right then, because I feel like they did the oh she doesn't know about Christine simply for the excuse for her to call Nick because it's yeah, clear Nick's us, coming back. Yes, right? yes, yes, he is. And for and and 
And you allow a bit more exposition for us that way. As right. Mentioned. But the thing is, you could, you could, she could show the concern and the concern could be calling Nick and saying, oh, fuck, Christina's back. Right. You know, and having that conversation and, and him saying, leave it alone or something. You could do one of maybe two different things. One is there's an actual human moment where Taylor tells Amanda everything that she lived through with Kyle back when he was first enduring it or flashing back to it. Or you do have Taylor make that call to Nick and Nick is about to hang up on her. And there's like a real emotional Taylor actually pleading with Nick and saying, it's not about me. It's about Kyle. He's having the Christine dreams again. Right. And, and then he can still hang up on her. Yeah. You're not, sure. You're not underselling the drama or the melodrama here right. just because you're playing it a different way. Because right now, all they do, like, Taylor is just like, I don't know if she's a chess piece or the chess board itself. Like, yeah. she just keeps showing up to introduce not even chaos, just antagonism. Yes. And I'm, and again, I'm just going to go back to, I do not believe that this couple that had been married for X amount of years and working together and had a business together and, you know, all of that, she would not know about somebody like. No, because you're going to tell me they were never honest. They were never vulnerable with each other. It was always just sex. I don't believe that. I don't believe that either. So, you know, especially not because apparently like the hurt he caused her by cheating on her sent her into the arms of Peter Burns. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, this whole thing it was just, I, I don't, well, I just, I think it's just a bad idea to give him this like rando woman, like, you know, from the past. Like, I think the, the war thing might've been, could have been kind of interesting, but to throw a romantic entanglement that died it just feels like, first of all, we've been down this road before with Peter yeah. and Beth. Even if and, the show doesn't want to remind us that. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and it was Amanda on the receiving end of that shit. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know. It just felt so hack. Like, yeah. it, just, it just was like, ugh, like really, we're going to do this? Yeah. Um, and so before I forget, um, I don't know if her name was in the opening credits of this episode the actress who plays christine in the flashbacks mm -hmm. uh, her name is susan walters and that is coop linda nashby's real life wife oh at the time were they married yeah and still are oh, and they, oh my God. they've been married they've been married and stayed married i think since like the mid 80s i think they met in the world of daytime that's kind of amazing so, so good because you know hollywood marriages do not last so yeah exactly yeah. very good for them um, and also, I think they should end the episode on Taylor hanging up on Nick or Nick hanging up on her and her putting the payphone down. Do the slow-mo outro of her, like, mischievous smile, plotting something. That's where the weight of this episode is. But no, the they, they make the weight of this episode land on the Michael storyline instead. So let's get to that. And I'm, like more than a little interested to hear what you think as this continues. Okay. But we do start the episode uh, also in this thread because it's Megan and Coop. Megan is staring at the window in the middle of the night. Coop gets out of bed and walks over to her and she's talking about, you know, like all of the changes she has been through in the last few months. She goes, I'm married, I'm separated, I'm divorced. To which, of course, Alyssa goes, don't forget you were stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I keep forgetting that she was. But anyway, well, I think the yeah. writers are too. Um, and they have this like kind of cute but mostly dumb story where she's like, uh, I was so young, I never really just dated. I'm courtship deprived. And Coop's like, Yeah, I've never had a real relationship. It's been real easy for me to get women into bed, but I've never had a real relationship. So they say, like, they're going to start this whole thing up again, which is why we have, like, the thing of Megan bringing him the coffee. Like, they're trying to be, like, cutesy, sort of, like, a young love take on their budding relationship, which is sort of playful, but it's actually not a great way to start the episode because it does sort of come out of nowhere and it doesn't tie into any of our, like, bigger existing long-term storylines. So I was sort of like, oh, whatever. <sighs> yeah, I agree. So, so then we're at the office and Coop is giving Megan flowers. So Michael enters, sees it, insults them, um, goes into his office and calls Amber, who was the stripper that we just met last week. 
Um, and she's like cranky because it's early for her. So he invites her to dinner at his beach house. She comes over and then like two seconds after she walks in, she's like, I don't think I can do this. I shouldn't get involved with any of my customers. So then she goes. <laughs> so then remember that scene of Michael and Coop talking and, and Coop asking Michael about like what's the latest in his romantic life. So he's followed Michael. Michael pays yeah. for a dance at the strip club. Um, and, you know, Amber tells him that she's embarrassed and she's insecure. And he's like, I don't care. He keeps pushing. He's He, like, keeps being just obsessed with Amber. Like, for no real good reason. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be offensive when I say there's nothing interesting about Amber. I'm not saying, like, as a human being, I'm saying we don't see anything of the human side of her that would make a total stranger decide to devote himself to her after one day. Um, Meanwhile, Coop sees this exchange um, at the, at the strip club. Yeah. And I kind of loved how it it was like, he was like leaning in and he was like, I don't know. There was something about his posture when he was like, supposed to be like sneaking a view of the, and I was just like, Oh my God. I don't know. I thought it was really funny. Well, but I also so had to find my amusement. Because like, he's it, like he's like a hardy boy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <playing> gotcha. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe this episode was just so boring that I had to like get my kick somewhere. And that was just and that just yeah, that me. It. He's like leaning it, oh, like I was just like, what is he doing? Like he like you can't like who's gonna miss him? Michael, like how is Michael even gonna miss him? Right. Standing right. out like I mean this place this place is not crowded. No, it's it not, not even as crowded as the one that they all went to for Billy's first uh, bachelor party when Sid was Jungle Jane. Oh my god! <laughs> I forgot about Jungle Jane. <laughs> I mean, one of the great moments. It was worth great revisiting. <laughs> At some point, when we get closer to the end, I think we really should do like a top ten greatest hits favorite moments. Okay. Good um, lord! I'm gonna have uh, to I go back already, and rewatch. I was gonna say, well, I, I can already predict that like none of them will come from this season. No. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So there's that scene. Megan brings coffee down to Coop. Um. And, but then she starts digging, and she's like, "You know, I called your place last night, and I called <laughs> the hospital, and you weren't there." So she's like, getting nervous. But he like sweet talks her. He's like, "I went out. I had a burger by myself." Um, lies. He lies. Like technically, he wasn't doing anything wrong no but he but, lied but he but, was but lying he, about but it. he did lie and like but what he was doing his bad just in that like leave michael out alone like stop obsessing stop stalking him just focus on this new part of your life with your your new girlfriend or whatever right, you're and, labeling it and again like it sort of made me wonder like well okay is he is he indeed just seeing megan because this is part of his i'm going to ruin michael mancini or does he really care about her Yes. I th- I don't know if they intend to keep us guessing, but they do keep us guessing about that. Yeah, and, and that I'm, fi- I'm getting frustrated with. And my, because, uh, yeah. my honest take is, if it does come back around to that, where it's like, Coop and Megan can't work it out, and, and she's like, you were just using me to hurt Michael or whatever. I'm not saying that because I remember that's what happens. I honestly don't remember where they go from here. Right. Um, but I think it's probably more a case of the writers were trying to go in one direction and then had to redirect themselves. Oh, yeah. for whatever reason. But anyway, so they make plans to go out that night, and of course, where else can they go? They're they're at the upstairs. So they're dancing at the upstairs, and then Michael and Amber, of course, also show up. Michael, who doesn't live near Melrose Place and therefore doesn't live near the upstairs, and the strip club is nowhere near there, and his house is nowhere near there, so of course Michael and Amber show up. Um, and congrats to Kyle, because in spite of his personal life, the restaurant seems to be doing gangbusters. It's so busy that the two couples, Michael and Amber and Megan and Coop, have to share a table. Um, and then Michael gets up and dances with Megan while Coop is talking to Amber. Um, and, you know, Megan is digging um, and Coop is intimidating Amber. And then there's one small moment for Jennifer, who also comes out and she's like yelling at Michael. And she's like, now you're with another tramp, which it's I mean, like, it's not like Amber was wearing a sign. 
necessarily that that she stood out that much or did she and i'm not remembering it i don't think she did um but but they have to get the next line out so so michael says like hey maybe what i need is a brainless bimbo right like in like jennifer kind of pushed him but like she didn't really push him that hard to say that so of course by then amber is standing right behind him um and she overhears and she tells him to stay away and and like coop kind of ribs him and michael's like do i ever win and it's like michael i've seen you for six seasons and all you've been doing is winning and getting the other hand and bouncing up every time you fall down so yeah i think you're a winner i don't think your goals are very high but the shoe are attainable and you're winning um and that's that's almost it until we get to our last scene um so where amber is doing a strip tease she's dancing and wearing this like mini tutu as part of her I love the mini tutu. i thought it was fabulous um yeah i thought it was hilarious um and michael's like up on her little platform trying to basically like rescue her take her away from her life as a stripper um and she and he's he asked her to move in with him and it like starts they start rushing the scene along because one of the bouncers is like pulling at Michael to come down. Um, so Michael basically like carries her off with him and perhaps off into the sunset they ride. That's basically how they end it with Michael in slow-mo carrying Amber away, perhaps yeah. and he, to a better life. And he's like, yeah, move in with me. And I was like, oh my God. That's where I just got so frustrated. And I, I was mean, like, the whole thing is it's so dumb. And there is a, a reference where even Michael calls himself out for the fact that um, Amber resembles Jane. Oh, she does resemble Jane. It's the short hair. It's the short blonde hair. Indeed. True that. Because, oh, that makes sense. Because I remember I, 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 he called it and I, and I thought he was talking about Megan. But then I was, but now it, of course it makes more sense that it would be Jane. But the one thing that I did notice, the right. he says was, you look, he says you look like my ex-wife and I interpreted that as Jane. Oh, you're probably right. And I just assumed Megan because they were married last, but also right. do, are we even going to like talk about the similarity between like the fact that Amber is a stripper. Megan was a prostitute. Like there's a similarity there too. Yeah. And I wonder if that's going to come up as the Amber thing continues again, I have no memory how long she's on the show. Okay. I have like really repressed a lot of this season. I don't blame you. It's terrible. Yeah. I can, uh, yeah, I can see why I did. I mean, it's not as bad as season four, but it is I'm pretty still, awful. I'm still having more difficulty watching this season than season four. Really? Well, I make no excuses for it because I at least liked more of the cast in season four. Oh, okay. That, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Like, I don't know. I'm In a way, willing... I kind of feel like that made it worse for me. I get that. I'm I'm still more willing to watch Courtney Thornsmith and Daphne Zuniga and Grant Show trudge through dumb storylines than say David Charvet and you know Jamie Lunar or whoever. Right. Well. Anyway, we'll be trudging again next week. Yeah, I think the trudging will continue. Yeah, the trudging I, will I, go I, on. And I think there might even be more bugling. <laughs> The trudge must go on. The trudge must. So we're going to trudge on over. The boulevard. The Hollywood Boulevard. (laughs) Come join us over there. We've got shit to talk about. I am not, I am not negative Nelly this week on what I am. Oh, good. I, um, I might be dangerously negative. Well, we will be dangerously negative too on that, but on, on one thing, but I, I will not be negative on another. Um, before I forget, this weekend, is it on my birthday? I think it's the day after, but <gasps> close enough. Oh my um, God, it's your birthday this weekend? Uh, yes, Friday the 13th. Ooh, that's scary. right. Yes, that's, that's not why right. I brought it up. That's not a shame. That's not me being shameless about it. Happy um, birthday. Thank no, thank you for reminding me. And remind me again on Friday morning. Like, I'm not seriously, remind you that it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Just like email me and be like, don't forget it's my birthday. I'm totally be a shameless. It's okay. It's okay. You can forget. It's not a big deal. But <laughs> um the Hallmark channel is sending us a gift potentially in that the latest in the series of their wedding march movies, which starred Jack Wagner and Josie Bissett, uh, is premiering. 
So the newest one of the two of them, Melrose alum, uh, is airing this weekend, which I think is cute. And I will probably be talking about probably fairly briefly on next week's episode on the block. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. That's exciting. Oh my God. And you know what? We can talk about when you talk about that, how I did actually watch a few Hallmark Christmas movie channels because my kid accidentally ordered um, Fubo <laughs> for a month. Uh, <laughs> Wait, she ordered what? Fubo. What is it's, that? It's it's like a live TV thing. It's a streaming service. So but does that do mean you're getting everything? Oh, and okay. so, and, and she did it because she wanted to watch a couple of like, like the pre Olympic so- soccer matches, like, yeah. uh, because there were some, I don't know, you know, like they, they do some pre prelim like pre Olympic games, um, with like America, like it was like the USA soccer team was playing like, like another like soccer all-stars that aren't, weren't on the Olympics, but they were still really good. And the basket and women's basketball did the same thing. So she wanted to watch it. And so you can get like these seven day free trials and something happened where she forgot to cancel. So we had, we had this boo-boo for like a month. And, and so I was watching, I, it had Hallmark. So it had the Hallmark channel was one of the included channels. So I, oh, well, did I say good them. on you. Yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to hear about um, what the ones you saw. So we can talk about that. when you. So when you guys stay hungry for that conversation next week. Yes. Okay. So we're going to head on over the block and not talk about that stuff. This That's week. right. So we'll see you over there. Stay well. And we will see you on the boulevard.